inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. Have you ever heard about enrollment? Hmm. If you haven't, this is the episode for you. I have a very special guest introducing you this. Adam Markel is a speaker, author, and entrepreneur who inspires, empowers, and guides people to achieve massive and lasting personal and professional growth. A recognized expert in the integration of business and personal development, Adam speaks and mentors around the globe in the areas of business, entrepreneurship, leadership, and transformation. His latest book is the best-selling Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life. Adam also hosts the Conscious Pivot podcast, where he shares his insights on pivoting in today's fast-paced market and interviews experts, innovators, and influencers to share their stories and wisdom in the areas of business and life. Hello, Adam. Hello, Oscar. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Today. It's a pleasure and uh, fantastic having you here, Adam. Please, um, yeah, we were talking briefly before this interview about your book. Tell me um, how you became a professional speaker. Uh, well, that's a that's a long story. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I I was a lawyer. I spent 18 years as a as an attorney in New York and in New Jersey. I'm sort of a recovering attorney, so if you have a mm. problem with attorneys, don't hold it against me, okay? Oh. Um, I <laughs> I didn't love what I was doing. In fact, at a certain point, I used to wake up in the morning and put my feet on the floor, and I would feel this sort of a rush of emotion at the beginning of the day. And, and it wasn't a good emotion. It felt like anxiety. It felt like dread. Um, and it, for the most part, I, I knew that what I was going to be doing that day as a lawyer was something that didn't feel good inside. It, it My soul hurt. <laughs> and I, I couldn't have said it back then in those words because I didn't, I didn't realize that I was too close to the situation. I think Uh, many, many people today are not happy with their jobs and not happy in their careers and feel unfulfilled in some way. And that was this, the case for me. I had a lot of success by the standards that are mostly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, m mostly judge success, you know, money and, and uh, prestige and, and all that kind of thing. But I was miserable. So I, I, I didn't feel like a success. I felt like a failure, in fact, which is interesting uh, looking back on it. But Fulfillment is very much a part of the equation for feeling successful. And uh, so even though I had a lot to be grateful for, I was very, very blessed and still to this day, very blessed to be married to the woman I met in college. And we're married almost 29 years. This summer will be 29 years and we have four healthy kids. And so our, our lives are, are really good. And, and as I say, blessed. And yet I wasn't happy. So I wrote the book Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life as a well it was a guidebook originally for our kids because i i thought if they get to that spot in their life where they're uncertain about what to do next or they're more than unclear they're really unhappy even as i was 
I would want them to know what it was that I was able to do to break out of that, uh, to be able to not just accept the status quo or, or, uh, play it safe and, and decide that I, I couldn't make a change because making a change would be too risky. I didn't want them to have to, to deal with some of the pain that I went through. And so I started to write the book for them. And then it ultimately became a book that was, uh, my kids said this book is for a lot more people than just us dad. And uh, I became a big international bestseller and people have uh, contacted us from all around the world that say that the process that we outline in the book for making change and utilizing change in, in both the career context as well as in personal uh, matters is really powerful. So that's been a, a huge blessing, in fact. Yeah, beautiful I, uh, story. <laughs> I will say that the pivot for me was going from the lawyering business into this public speaking mm -hmm. space. Um, because when I started to write this book and I started to explore what it was like to reinvent myself, I also discovered about myself that I, I was a teacher. Uh, I really loved teaching. So I began speaking on stages, some small stages at first, and then ultimately I've spoken all around the world and uh, 10, 12,000 people at a time in, in various places and um And speaking wasn't something that was natural for me. I mean, I, I should say it that way. I was a natural speaker. We all speak naturally, <laughs> uh, but not public speaking. In fact, public speaking used to make me nervous. Every time I used to get up in court as a lawyer, I, I would always have my stomach in knots, you know. So it wasn't something I was necessarily born to do. In fact, I'm really an introvert, and uh, <laughs> which is odd when you think about <laughs> it, but that I make uh, make my living now teaching and training and, and speaking publicly around the world. So, um, but it was something that, that was new and different and I, I loved it immediately. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. And, and the more that I was, uh, you know, the more uncomfortable it felt, the more, the more intrigued I was uh, about it. And uh, yeah, so now that's what I do instead of being a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, hard to believe that you were afraid of speaking because uh, well, I, saw, I saw your videos eh? and you, you look so powerful and so inspirational. <laughs> Amazing transformation. Yeah. I think it's 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 the thing that we all have inside of us mm. that we don't always get to use. Uh, there's so much inside of us that we that is not utilized and and mm. will be dormant. And for many people, those things that are gifts that that they have, they don't use their entire lives, which is which is sad. And then there's also a lot of people who do use their gifts and find them at different point, points in time. Maybe they find it, they have another gift when they're 30 or they find another gift when they're 55. You know, it doesn't matter what age. Um, as long as we're still alive and we have, we have desire and we, and we want to help people, want to serve, there's always, there's always something more we can do. I love public speaking because you can do it forever. I mean, you really can. I think yeah. Dale Carnegie was speaking into his, I think in his, into his 90s, oh. <laughs> getting paid a lot of money to speak, you know, and, and help people change their lives. So it's really great. Well, what an example. Yeah, it's true. It's age doesn't matter, not, not only for continuing uh, working on what you love, but for starting something. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, Adam, um, well, we, we, we had a conversation a few weeks ago and you wanted to talk about enrollment that's for me sound a bit uh, esoteric what is exactly this so could you tell us what is it 
Sure, sure. Enrollment is, well, we, we actually teach a program, a speaking program called the Heart of Enrollment. Mm-hmm. And in that program, we, we teach people that enrollment is, is the word we use for relationship. Meaning we're always in an enrollment conversation with people all the time. And either we're opening relationship or we're closing relationship. So in a, in the context of sales, for example, we always hear people talking about closing sales, yes. closing sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a certain paradigm. And we, at least at our company, our company is called More Love Media. And by the name, you can tell more love is what we're, mm-hmm. what we believe is the, is the, is the ingredient, the key ingredient in creating stronger relationships and creating stronger sales and creating stronger business. All of it flows out of the quality of your relationships. So enrollment is about enrolling people into a relationship. It's not about closing sales. And, and our goal is to never leave people behind. So if people want to join our programs or they want to join our you know, our community on Facebook or in some other way, we, we promise to them that regardless of whether they want to buy something, like mm-hmm. if they want to buy something great, meaning they want to come to our speaker program or some other thing we do. Wonderful. But if they don't, if it's not right, if it's not the right timing, it's totally cool. It's not, it's not a problem. It doesn't mean we won't continue to be in relationship with them or we won't serve them or we won't be their friends. Um, Relationship is something you open and, and hopefully there's no end date to it. It's not like it has a shelf life. It's not like there's a lifetime value to associate with it. Even though in business, a lot of times people think that way. They think, oh, what's the lifetime value of a client to me? And all of that. And, and what we're, we're wanting to do is, is not uh, put an expiry date on a relationship. We want to open it. We want to serve. We want to continue to to love on people and enroll them in that relationship ongoingly, you know, day after day or month after month or year after year, even with no end in mind. Um, and so we find that's very, very powerful when people can look at even the process of selling a little bit differently stop thinking about I'm closing 30%, you know, like my closing rate is 30% or my closing rate is 18% or whatever it might be. And, and thinking that that's good because our question is, well, what, what about the other people? What about the people that you didn't close? Do you care? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What hap what happens to them? Are you, are they being left behind in some way? And, uh, and for us, when we're, we're talking about the most important thing, which is relationships, we, we want to, build a community with strong relationships and where people know that we are not, we're not going to leave them behind if they choose that maybe it's not the right time for them to uh, purchase something from us. And I think that's the biggest distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. And, and, I, and I like um, also your contrast with the closing that is used in, in sale is used, I think every day for for anybody who works on sales is talking about closing, closing. And you talk about this enrollment is uh, opening a relationship without thinking in, in the end. And how did you learn about this? I actually learned about it from public speaking and, and we teach it in a public speaking context because quite often um, speakers, they speak at people and they, They're speaking to a certain group of people, maybe not everybody is always getting it. And 
uh, and great public speakers, they they know how to enroll the entire room. They enti- they enroll the entire audience. So it doesn't matter whether we're speaking to men or women or a combination or young people or people that are older or people more experienced or people who are less experienced mm-hmm. or people who have an education or don't. Uh, our goal is to to enroll everyone, to not leave anybody behind. So we even in the style of teaching or the style of speaking that we teach, uh, we have people asking questions to ask questions to the audience to get their answers yes or no and and we're not only interested in whether people say yes to the questions but we want to know if they say no we want to know if they agree and we want to know if they disagree so that we can meet everybody where they are and and not leave anybody behind and that way when the entire audience is enrolled so whether it's on a podcast or it's in a virtual training or it's in a live, you know, face-to-face training, we want to make sure we have everybody with us. It's like, you know, if you're driving someplace and people are following you, um, you would look in your rear view mirror to see and make sure they're still behind you. You wouldn't just put your foot on the gas and drive quickly mm-hmm. to your destination and then decide when you get there to look back and go, oh, you know, is everybody who was following me still with me. You would be checking all the time to make sure they're still there and you would slow down and and uh, do it do what it was necessary to make sure you kept everybody there. And that's very much what enrollment looks like when we're when we're in the public speaking space. Um, but again, even if you're speaking to investors or you're speaking to people in your business as a leader or you're wanting to get people to invest in your business or to join your company as an employee or as a contractor or anything, it's always going to be an enrollment conversation that you're having. Um, getting your kids to brush their teeth is an enrollment conversation, right? Getting somebody to marry you is an enrollment conversation. Um, you know, getting a new job or, or again, bringing people uh, onto your team or having people consider investing in your company. These are all enrollment conversations. And so we train people to be expert at coming from their heart, at being able to speak authentically, powerfully, and effectively from their heart, from their heart space. And that is the best kind of enrollment that we know. And that's the one we, we've had great success with, and that's the one we teach others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a very interesting paradigm, the enrollment you mentioned when you put it in this context of uh, speakers, trainers, or someone who is has an audience and has to take care of all of them. As you said, you, you don't leave anybody behind. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's very, very useful for for any, any speaker, trainer, as you said. And what are the... If we see wh- when this enrollment doesn't work, because di- this term enrollment, I'm sure is not that familiar for many people, but many people do it somehow intuitively. So, so they somehow do it, but um, when it doesn't work well, what are what are the mistakes? What makes mm-hmm. that uh, enrollment doesn't work well? Yeah, I think there's some common mistakes and. Uh, I would say the the biggest of them is the the not pausing, <laughs> mm. not not like I said in a dry in the analogy of 
you're yeah. driving a car and people are following you and you don't pause and you don't look behind. You don't look in your rearview mirror to see whether you've lost anybody. So with speaking, for example, people will speak and speak and speak and speak and speak and they don't pause. And they don't look out to see people's faces, their eyes, to 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 ask a question like, are you understanding? <laughs> Does this make sense? Have I lost you? Are you with me? Questions like that so that you know by their reaction that they're with you, that they understand. And if there is a misunderstanding or they don't uh, or they're not there, you know, they're, you've lost them in some way, then you get to say, hmm, I can now go back and restate something or I can explain something at a deeper level. Um, and I think we, we've seen this, you know, see this in, in our public education when we're, when we're quite young, not always does the teacher, uh, really, uh, model great enrollment. Uh, you know, when I grew up, it was a lot of teachers talking at us and writing things on the board that we had to copy and giving us assignments and work and whatnot, but not necessarily engaging mm -hmm. uh, very much at, uh, you know, at the level where everybody was, was there, you know, that to make sure that we all were, were there together in some way. So I, I would say it's a mistake to not pause. It's a mistake to not be thinking about whether or not other people are, are, are there with you. It's a mistake to be coming from your head only to be speaking from, from your, 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 you know, your thinking, uh, from, from the mind and not speaking from the heart space. Um, and so I'm a big fan of something, uh, called harmony. And I say harmony, not balance. Harmony is this uh, mix of things, uh, male and female energy, yin and yang, uh, it's, it's up and down, right and left, front and back, all of the things that are sort of, uh, in, in some ways represent polarity or opposites. It's the idea that these things, that things work well, uh, synergistically. So to me, a part of the, the mistake that I see is people that will engage, uh, others strictly from an intellectual space and from the head. And you can't feel their emotions or some people who strictly come from their emotional or their heart uh, energy. And we don't get anything that's uh, from the head. There's no nothing <laughs> intellectual going on. It's just it may be a lot of love and a lot of great emotional uh, feeling, but not a lot of intellectual uh, energy that's mixed in there. And so there's a lack of harmony. It's or you might say it's it's, you know off balance, out of balance. So, uh, you know, to me, those are some of the most common, the common mistakes. Also, uh, it, it things being about you. So a, a common mistake is, is you might call it ego or something like that, but where, uh, it's very much that you can tell that a person is, is more interested in themselves than in, than you. And that's sort of, uh, very overt selfishness or self-centeredness um, is is also a mistake that I see quite frequently. You know, so they're talking about things that that are important to them, but they're not listening very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, there are many. I was not maybe not expecting so many and so concrete. So because these these mistakes that you mentioned for that speakers make, like not pausing, guys. <laughs> 
it's so so concrete and so so often we see no 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 maybe not every talk that we are seeing but it's we see from time to time speakers that just don't pause and and somehow ignore the audience and they are as you s- said before leaving the audience behind at least a good part of them and not asking questions so it's very important asking questions and that's speaking from the mind also no being it's like your emotion is not there with with the audience so they um uh, and I the think, audience I think there's oh sorry yeah mm. yes and the other was uh being also too uh ego ego centered uh, thinking about myself and well, that's the that's the origin of mm. not enrolling uh, uh, efficiently yeah I, I did have one additional one if you if you you're interested oh okay um and that is that the the audience everybody learns differently and so we're, we're talking about speaking now but it's it's also the case when you're having conversations with a person one-on-one or in some other way people learn in different ways there's different learning styles and there's some controversy around learning styles and, and not everybody believes it or buys into it, but I do. I think that some people are more auditory listen, you know, listeners. They, they learn more from hearing. Others learn more visually for what they see. Others have to touch things. They're more of a kinesthetic type learners, et cetera. And so it's to me, you are leaving people behind. You're not enrolling in or you're making a mistake in your enrollment process when you don't recognize and address people's learning styles. So when speaking, it's really important that you are engaging the audience in a variety of different modalities, learning modalities, uh, so that they they all get to. So I always have when I speak, I have people doing writing, I have them speaking to each other, I have them sometimes even touch each other, you know, like (laughs) appropriately, you know, but maybe they give them a, you know, fist pump or a high five or something like that. Um, Yeah, or they, you know, they're, they're doing things with their body, maybe, um, so that we're engaging these different learning styles and storytelling. People learn very efficiently through, through metaphor, through analogy, through story, through narrative. And when you don't engage them that way because you don't have the skill set to do it or you're uncomfortable or you haven't practiced, you haven't trained to become a great presenter, speaker, you know, facilitator, that type of thing, um, you're, you're missing an opportunity to really meet those people there and and guide them help them give them something of value because you're boring (laughs) (laughs) you don't have you don't know how to tell a story you don't know how to keep people's attention and you don't know how to engage them in their learning style so because you don't have those skills they miss out and that's that's really unfortunate Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it's pretty pretty true and i was thinking do you have anybody in mind that uh, is a good, how do you call it, enroller or good at enrollment? Any, any, any speaker relatively famous? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, what we're talking about is accelerated learning, uh, and there are not that many people I think that that are familiar with accelerated learning. I I happen to go to a conference, a business conference each each year. 
Uh, it's usually several times a year because they do it several times a year, but it's called CEO Space, uh-huh. and uh, it's in the United States. It's in uh, in Florida, and they they use a lot of accelerated learning or super learning, as it's called, at that particular conference. I myself do trainings. Our company does trainings. Um, obviously, people are, are familiar with some of the big names in the in the industry. Um, and, and there are, there are a number of people I think that are, are doing their work in a way that is, is highly enrolling. And, uh, this NLP, so neuro linguistic mm-hmm. programming, there are a number of trainers that, uh, that work yeah. in that space as well. And, um, and these are, these are, you know, to me, if you, if you're interested in speaking, if you're interested in the, the concept of enrollment, um, obviously you can, you can, um, you know, look into the work that we're doing. And, and also I would say you can just Google, uh, you know, events where there's going to be a, uh, NLP is, is spoken about or NLP is, is being offered as a training. That's one, one way to do it. Um, and there are speakers that are, I think in every, every part of the world these days where, uh, there's some good models for it where you can see people that have highly uh, are highly experienced in that space. I know Jay Abraham is somebody that's been around for some time now, and he teaches in the area of branding and marketing and things like that. And, uh, yeah, there's just events all over. So it depends on where you live, but uh, but there's good trainers and good good models kind of in in all countries. I know it was in Japan and Ken Honda. Is a wonderful man. He's a he's a friend of ours, and uh, he trains there. And Jack Canfield is uh, another friend, and he trains in the United States. And uh, you know, lots of lots of lots of good people doing really good work. Oh, and Ted, you know, you can you can look at TED talks because um, some of the best TED talks are are very much are great examples of what enrollment looks like. And you know, you know, at the end, when those audiences are standing up, giving a really heartfelt standing ovation for somebody that's just spoken for oh, 15 minutes or eight to 18 minutes, yeah. um, <laughs> that they had that they did a great job of enrolling the audience through the questions, through their stories, through their narrative, um, through through the combination of their heart, as well as their mind. Um, so I, I would, I would look at those as great, great examples of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. If when you see this, this one of the best TED talks and with a standing ovation, of course, who who was left behind? Obviously, almost nobody. <laughs> Great examples. And if you you have some, you already gave us a lot of piece of advice. If you have some extra, uh, your top uh, piece of advice for enrollment, of you gave us mostly uh, what you have. Mm. Well, well, my my top piece of advice would be mm-hmm. that when you're in an enrollment conversation, that that you that you really open your heart, that you are coming from a place of authenticity, that you uh, you let the other person know that you're you know what your intentions are up front. You know, my intention is that we have this conversation, that we create a relationship. And it's one that's mutually beneficial, you know, that's a, it's win-win and all that kind of thing. And to do that is, is very, very powerful. And that, that would be my, my number one piece of advice is whether you're speaking to one person or to many, many people at the same time, that you open your heart 
and that you convey your message not just from the head but mm -hmm. from the heart as well and um and that will be very powerful and maybe maybe create a change that uh, that you didn't even anticipate because we're all the same way we're all people we all we all uh, want the same things for the most part so it's uh, it's just a question of being able to remove uh, the to unguard, if you will, unguard our, our heart and allow, allow ourselves to be guided. And, uh, I don't think you go wrong there. I think the heart always has answers and the head more, more has questions. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, Adam's top piece of advice for enrollment. Open your heart. Adam, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quotation is, mm -hmm. I love my life. <laughs> That's a statement more than a quotation, mm -hmm. but um, I, I use this statement to wake up every day. And I teach people as part of our, our pivot work, the work that we do to help people in transition or to reinvent areas of their life. I teach them that this statement is, is a, uh, It's a reprogramming. It's something we reprogram our, our, our subconscious and our conscious as, uh, mind as well. Um, when we, when we declare out loud these words, I love my life. And so I use that statement when I wake up and I use it several times during the day when things maybe, uh, become challenging here and there. Mm -hmm. And it brings me, it brings me back into my heart. It brings me back to a place of gratitude. It brings me closer to, my own my own truth my the, the truth of my being and and how connected i am to all other beings is my my uh, the presence of spirit in me presence of god in me is something i feel very strongly as i when i'm in a state of gratitude and appreciation for my life so it's a statement that has a many Many applications and meanings. It's it's about self love. It helps me to to understand how important it is that I I love my life unconditionally, and that it's a blessing to be alive, not not a blessing uh, to be taken for granted. So yeah, that that's my favorite quote. I love my life. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and it's a great uh, quote or statement, as you said. Uh, this good to tell ourselves um, every day. Adam, could you now recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think we should read it? Wonderful. Well, I hope people are inspired to want to read Pivot <laughs> because <laughs> I know when um, recently, we're, see, we're, we're pivoting all the time. We don't pivot, make one major pivot in our lives and then we're, you know, where we want to be. We pivot all the time. It's just a question of do you pivot consciously or unconsciously? As you said, I, we have a podcast called the Conscious Pivot Podcast, and that's one of the topics that we, we interview people about us, their pivot, their story, you know, the changes they made, the, the challenges they've had, and, and what did they learn through those challenges. So, um, so I love the, the book, and, and even in, in recent years where I was pivoting again in business, 
um, I went back to the book. I went back to my own book to read it and and to listen to the audio of it um, just as a reminder because um, I think we always need reminders. I, I know I always need reminders, um, and I'm hopefully have have the humility to to know when I need support. And not always, I suppose, but but a fair amount of time. So that's been good. Um, I love a book called The Untethered Soul. Uh, which is Michael Singer's book. So that book was very, very instrumental for me, helpful to me in the concept of being able to let go of things, uh, let go of anger, let go of uh, regret and resentment and things that were were making it difficult for me to open my heart. So remember I said earlier the number one advice I would give is to learn how to speak from an open heart and convey and communicate, convey information and communicate with others from an open heart. And so anything that closes the heart is a challenge, is a problem. And so the book, The Untethered Soul, helped me to release and let go of things that were making it difficult for me to keep my heart open. Yeah, it sounds like a great book. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, finally, Adam, could you give us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing it regularly, a routine to shine? Well, I want I'll be consistent and I'll say this. Um, there's three steps to a morning ritual. And I believe that the quality of our life in many ways is related to the quality of our rituals, the things that we do consciously mm -hmm. for our, for our better, for, for our betterment. And you might call those habits, of course, but mm -hmm. I, I look at habits as things we do unconsciously. We don't have to think about them. We do them. Um, and so rituals to me are much more of a conscious practice. So a master habit, if you will, mm -hmm. not religious, but something that that is sacred, meaning it's important to us. So the morning ritual, how you take care of the beginning of your day, how it is that you set yourself up for success in the day, how is it that you create the day that you want is very much intentional. I don't think it's something that happens by itself or by accident. I think it's very much how it is that we, that we set it up. Um, and so setting up the day, in the way that we want and setting up the day for a successful result is what the ritual, the waking ritual is about. So it's very, very simple. Uh, everybody who's listening right now, I want you to agree. And I think you will agree. So I think we're going to get a hundred percent enrollment right now, Oscar. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want everybody to agree that they will wake up tomorrow. All right. And I, I do believe that everybody who's listening to this right now is probably smiling, going, ah, he got me. <laughs> Because if, if anybody says, no, I'm not going to agree to that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not enrolled. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Well, you know, this practice uh, that I'm going to give you will hopefully make you feel that you do want to wake up. And, and even if, because the truth is, is a lot of people who have, are feeling depressed or feeling anxious or feeling, you know, not, not great about their life at the moment. And, um, there's plenty of people who, who've thought about taking their life. I know I've had those thoughts at times. Um, 
And, uh, you know, whether you, whether you've thought about it seriously or the thought just crossed your mind, um, or, or whatever the case is, it's a serious, it's a serious thing. And, and I think there's a lot of, uh, shame around that too, that people who are depressed or upset, um, don't feel good about talking about it to other people or think that maybe they're alone and, you know, they're the only ones. And, and the truth is, is more and more information being shared about lots of people who feel that way and have felt that way and have gone through those things or are going through them even now. So you're not alone if, if that's where you're at as you're listening to this and you say, well, you know, I don't know if I do want to wake up tomorrow. Um, you're not alone. And if you're the person who says, no, 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 I, I do want to wake up. I mean, my life's not perfect or anything, but I definitely want to wake up tomorrow. Well, then wonderful. All great. And uh, so the first step is to wake up. And the second step is to recognize as you are waking up, as you're taking your morning breaths, that with that breath, there are people who are breathing in and do not get to breathe out. There are people who are taking their last breath mm. the moment that you are taking your first conscious breath of the day. And so in that moment where you recognize that you've been given a gift, that it's not something that's guaranteed, it's not something that you you will get forever, that it's it's something to appreciate. So waking up and being in gratitude and appreciation for breathing, <laughs> for being alive, for having a pulse, for having family, for having friends, for having warmth, you know, for having a bed to sleep on, perhaps anything and everything can be can be appreciated in that moment. So take a moment to just start your day with that appreciation, with that energy of gratitude and love. Um, that's the second step. And the third step, if you're willing to do it and if you're willing to do it tomorrow and for the next 21 days, uh, it's typically 21 days to create something new, create some new habit. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for the next 21 days, when you wake up and you put your feet on the floor, you can say out loud, you can declare those words I shared earlier. I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. And I typically say it three times. I, I, I want to, I want to feel the energy. And so I used to say it just once. I would say, I love my life. <laughs> and then I was, okay, good. I said it, you know, I'm done. Um, now I say it three times and I feel it a little bit more each time I say it. And it's a wonderful way to begin the day. It sets things in a certain, so it, it's like my grandmother would say, it gets, I get off on the right foot. I start on the right foot when I, when I begin that way. And then when the day is challenging in some way, something happens or whatever it is, I just feel tired or, or stressed out or anything like that. This is, is, these are words that, that they cut through the stress. They, they help me to dissolve the stress. And for so many people that I've shared that, uh, that declaration with all around the world, it's been helpful to them uh, as well to to dissolve that stress, because I think so, in so many ways we are all we are, are are very much dealing with stress, all of us in our own ways and, and even being sort of submerged in stress at times. And this is a way it's like a buoy that brings us up to the surface so we can breathe clean and fresh and, and loving a kind air. Uh, so that's that's the practice. Three steps. Wake up, be grateful, and declare I love my life. Mm -hmm. What a fantastic morning ritual. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Adam, for, for this and for, 
all these uh, stories and this new paradigm I mean, for me, for many of us, uh, about enrollment, that is really worth doing. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Finally, please tell us how we can learn more about you, follow you. What are the best ways? Yes, thank you, Oscar. Um, well, to find out more about our company, what we're doing, if you would like to listen to the podcast or read the blog, you can go to Adam Markel, A-D-A-M-M-A-R-K-E-L.com forward slash podcast. Uh, find more about us and listen to those shows. Um, and we also have a gift for those of your listeners that would like to find out mm -hmm. a little bit more about themselves and about their own pivots, about the areas in their life where maybe they're wanting to make a change or innovate, create something new. And we have a, a free uh, downloadable kickstart guide with both six, six very important questions that they get to answer on their own and keep it private. They don't have to share it with anybody if they don't want to. And we also uh, have some of our rituals, some of the the rituals to create more resilience, to create more strength uh, in the world that we're living in. We all need to be resilient and strong, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're working for someone else, etc. Um, so we have those some of those practices that are part of the Kickstart Guide. And your folks can get the Kickstart Guide absolutely for free. Uh, there's no no strings attached. Uh, you can go get it uh, at startmypivot.com. So startmypivotpivot.com, and you just download the Kickstart guide right there, and it's free. And uh, love to love to have you, of course, um, experience it, provide your feedback, and uh, and even join our community if you if you'd like on Facebook or wherever else. We'd we'd love to have you be part of that. Thanks a lot again, uh, Adam, and all the best. Oh, Oscar, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>